When a woman loves, she loves for real. <laughs>「Stella Belafonte here and thank you for joining me at my table on this Tuesday for another tasty top pick. We're gonna have an appetizer because I'm greedy. Then there's the main course, which is what brought you here in the first place. And we'll end things with a sweet dessert. Boy, have I ever. I hope you're hungry. Enjoy. Stop it. Y'all gonna get this podcast. Hey, hey, happy Tuesday. Welcome to my table on another Tasty Topics Tuesday. First and foremost, I need to shout out immediately. Send love and light to my favorite down south cousin at Glam PJ for giving me a reason to invite you all to my table today. We'll get into that, but first and foremost, let me talk about why that intro. (laughs) Well, that's what brings us here today. I'm going to already just throw it out there. Today's topic is women loving hard, and that will be the title of this episode, I, I feel, when a woman loves hard. Anyway, how many of you tasters, my real Brooklynites, like hanging out in Williamsburg? But how many of you all have been hanging out in Williamsburg from the very beginning and can remember a restaurant called Taku Taku? Now, Taku Taku was a Polynesian fusion restaurant that had all that good stuff like, you know, food that came out lit on fire and big drinks and all types of platters. Anyway, downstairs in Taku Taku, it was a lounge called Lulu Lounge. It was a karaoke lounge. It was nice and dark and the atmosphere was just drunk and fun. Anyway, Taku Taku had its own cast of regulars, cast of characters that would hang out there Um, every weekend, I would say. Because each time that I went to Taku Taku, well, I would eat at Taku Taku and then hang out at the Lulu Lounge. It was generally on a weekend. And the reason why I was singing like that, they had an Asian cat whose favorite singer, for whatever his reasons, was my man, Robert Sylvester Kelly. And when it was his time to hit the mic for karaoke, When a Woman Loves was his song. He would belt out a woman loves from the depths of his soul tasters. (laughs) And when I tell you, he would go so hard, eyes closed. He wasn't even reading the, you know how they do the karaoke screen? He never read it. He would sing when a woman loves at the top of his lungs with his eyes closed, walking around singing word for word from the top of his mind like he wrote it. Or somebody wrote it for him. <laughs> so, that, that's a beautiful memory. And, um, yeah, Taku Taku was a fun place, man. There was another young lady. Oh, my God. I was in there one night on a date. And me and this cat. Oh, it was a fun date. Remember back in the day? Well, you ever had a date that you could remember? Or somebody that you was dating that you had bad habits with him and you enjoyed those bad habits? Well, anyway... This date that I'm talking about in particular 
we had developed a bad habit of smoking Newports. I promise you, Tastes, I do not smoke cigarettes anymore. And I'm so proud of myself. But we had a good Newport habit going. So we ate upstairs at Taku Taku, went downstairs to the Lulu Lounge, and we went outside for a Newport break. And when we came back inside, feeling all nice and, and, and buzzy from our Newports and our drinks in our hand, there was a young woman who looked just like Precious. And, and this is not shade. This is true. She looked just like Gabori Sidibi, but her precious character. She was big, big mama, chocolate, knock knee. She had an afro. She was young. She had a big, fat baby face. Big old girl. Look, flower in the hair. She grabbed a microphone in Taku Taku. Well, Lulu Lounge, the night that I was on my Newport date. And she just started singing, I love rock and roll. When I tell you a sight to behold, she was walking around the whole bar. People was like, yo, some white dude walked up to her. I thought he was going to kiss her. He just like chucked the chin. I couldn't believe it. Hilarious. Well, anyway, um, rest in peace to Lulu Lounge and Taku Taku because it's no more. So again, tasters, if you are a true Brooklynite and really was into Hanging in Williamsburg, you will remember those nights. And again, that whole uh, list of players inside of Taku Taku. So let's talk about my mentals. Mentally, I'm in a pretty good space. Um, I'm doing something within my job title now that affords me the chance to have weekends off. So I look forward to some good times. Ooh, shout out to my girl, Lachey. We got some fun coming up, some winter fun. And, um, yeah, I'm off on Saturdays and Sundays now. So anybody want to, you know, my greedy ass, lunches, brunches, dinners, yeah, I'm your girl. I'm available. And um, I was made into a plant mom. Yep, my Batman gifted me the most beautiful bamboo palm from a place called Bloomscapes. Yes, okay, you can look them up. Look at me. I'm already, I'm doing ads with without pay but it's okay because bloomscapes is a wonderful place he sent me gifted me a bamboo palm that was so tall when it arrived it looked like it was in a christmas tree box that's how big it was the box was as tall as i am and when i busted this box open the most gorgeous bamboo palm was inside and i quickly looked up how to care for my bamboo palm and that's been my focus like i feel like Every day, I'm so concerned when I come in. If I see a leaf turning brown, I get nervous. You know, I've been researching how to care for a bamboo palm because she is big. Excuse me, she's not big. <clears throat> it's not a she. My plant is non-binary, and I have named her. Well, I'll keep that to myself. But I, I kind of I did a blend of um, names, and um, I'm holding that very dear to my heart. But Thank you to my Batman for making me a plant mom. So Bloomscapes, their motto is that plants bring clarity. And you know what they do? I find myself in here. I'm like Seymour from Little Shop of Horrors talking to my plant, making sure that it has just enough sunlight. I read up that bamboo palm plants don't need too much sunlight. They like a little bit of shade that I don't overwater my plant, but make sure that it's not so dry. So that's where my mentals are. I feel good. I got a gorgeous plant in my house because I don't know if I spoke with you all tasters about my one plant that I did on. I, I'm sure I, I mentioned it. 
um, it was with my ex, you know, the ex that I talk about quite often because he left his mark on me. This was the only man that I had actually almost made it down the aisle with and it never happened because he dumped me. And he had gifted me a plant one Valentine's Day. And it seems that as soon as he walked down on me, that plant lost, it, it, it lost his life. It started to fade. The leaves started falling off. There was no amount of sunshine, water, or anything that I could give to that plant to keep it alive. So you know what? I just, I let it go. It, I just let it go recently. And I do remember speaking about that. So yeah, that's my mentals. And oh, let's talk about the physicals. My tasty physicals. Um, As far as an appetizer, I'm actually sitting here having a banana and drinking a little orange juice. Well, orange-like juice. It's orange drink. <laughs> As I'm recording this episode. Because like I spoke about a few episodes back. I'm fat and I don't like it. A bitch got to lose some weight. No, a bitch needs to lose a lot of weight. And one thing with me, it starts with diet. Like I'm one of those people that need about a week to get my system, like just retrain my system. Like, find a method. I'm thinking on maybe a once a meal, one meal a day, like something light in the morning, then my one dinner, and then water all night after that. You know, my coffee at work. Like, I'll come up with something. Once I come up with a good food plan, that gets me motivated to actually start moving. And then I said I'm going to commit myself before I start the gym again to working out in the house. So I don't know if I mentioned this before. I had stopped going to the gym once I realized, well, when I was diagnosed with the vertigo, because the symptoms, they make me nervous to like be on treadmills or things like that. So I need to start looking up herbal remedies or cures for vertigo symptoms. That's something that I've been slacking on and I shouldn't because I don't want to be a real pill popper. I don't want to be a big pharma chick. I don't want to be the person that when in 10 years you can open up my medicine cabinet and start stealing from me and get a whole hustle going because I'm hopped up off so many meds for pain and, and other symptoms. I don't want to be that. Anyway, that's where my mentals and my physicals is right now. I want to lose a bunch of weight tasters. Honestly, I want to lose so much weight that people accuse me of going under the knife, <laughs> you know? Um, so, yeah. Let we let let's. I'm gonna hold myself to that and taste this. I'm gonna hold you all to um reminding me and not even reminding me. You know, you can send it to me in the Gmail, Ms. Ironbox at gmail.com. If I happen not to mention it, you know, if I neglect to talk about my weight, not that I'm gonna talk about it every week, but it's gonna be progress. And then I have to give myself treats and rewards. That's another thing. One thing I want to get into is a reward system. You know how some people have contests and money is the reward. No, I want to start treating myself like for every weigh-in. When I do start going to the gym, I'm going to start weighing myself just like they do on those fat shows on TV, the weight loss shows, Biggest Loser, like once a week. And I would say for every milestone, every accomplishment, I'm going to treat myself to something. I don't care. It could be the smallest thing. And I got to learn to stop making food a treat. <laughs> I'm one of those people where it's like, ooh, I lost five pounds. You know what? I'm treating myself to um, some Cheddar Bay Biscuits at Red Lobster. Ooh, and speaking of Cheddar Bay Biscuits, I'm so greedy. 
I'm at work yesterday. Oh, look, my mouth started watering thinking about it. And they got that, you know, they do the, the whole thing where you get like the four for four at Red Lobster, make your own meal. And they got cheddar bay shrimps. I, I need to experience that. You know what? Fuck that. That is going to be one of my meal treats <laughs> when I lose a couple of pounds. I have to experience. I just imagine slicing open a cheddar bay biscuit and just putting the cheddar bay shrimps in the middle and having that with the side salad and a big ass drink. Oh, my goodness. Oh, God. I said, I, uh, here I go. Talking about losing weight and then on some fat shit. But anyway. But that's my mentals and my physicals. And um, I want to shout out Georgia. Let's let's take it to Georgia. I, I don't usually do too much with politics for um, not electing former athlete. I guess Woody was an NFL player. Herschel Walker, not electing him to the Georgia Senate. You know, I don't know much about his, you know, who... Defeated him, Raphael Warnock. But I know Herschel Walker, just hearing this man speak, is a disgrace. As Dave Chappelle called him, he said, I think he called him visibly stupid. He was talking so dumb when I did hear the man talk that it, it kind of, it made me nervous. Like, you ever have somebody talk publicly? And, you know, every, not saying that all blacks in Congress, or every time a black person takes the mic or gets on TV that they are a representation of us as a whole, but they kind of sort of are. And Herschel Walker's stupid, stupid ass was a very poor representation. I just, one of his biggest um, taglines was, come out to Georgia and vote the watermelon capital of the world. First of all, I thought that Georgia was the peach state. I ain't never known it for being the um, watermelon capital of the world. And even if it is, that just don't sound good. The watermelon capital of the world. Like, that's your thing? That's what you're going on? And then a few weeks back when he got into it, you know, because people call him a coon, you know, and um, he took up for coons. Instead of looking at the terminology and why he was being called a coon, he compared himself to the literal animal and gave this whole thing about, you know, a coon, a raccoon is one of the, 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 the most smartest animals in the world, actually, one of the smartest animals. I mean, he may not exactly speak that way, but that's what the fuck I hear when Herschel Walker opens his damn mouth. Well, anyway, let's bring it in. Look, I'm going to ring it in, Ken. Y'all remember Mark Daly or Housewives of Atlanta? That's how he used to talk to his um, beloved XY, Kenya Moore. Ring it in, Ken. So I'm about to ring it in. Anyway, again, shout out to Glenn PJ for this main course. When a woman loves. So a few nights ago, my cousin Glenn PJ shared to me a post on Instagram by an older woman who is currently a widow, older black woman, who is a widow. I can't even call her a sister. She's an auntie. I would give this woman at least 65 and she's going to remain nameless uh, because she just says, you know, I don't need to, ex you know, expose her platform or want you all running to her page in judgment. But if maybe you've seen the post, maybe not. So she was speaking on the fact that after being a widow for 18 years, 
she's been single for as long as her husband's been dead. And the reason why is because she doesn't know how to be a girlfriend. You hear me, Tasters? It's not that she doesn't have any desire to be a girlfriend. She doesn't know how to be a girlfriend because all she's ever known is how to be a wife. As a matter of fact, excuse me. Um, let me go back. I spoke incorrectly. She's, yeah, she was a widow after 18 years of marriage. I think I said that she's been widowed for 18 years. If I said that, that's incorrect. She is a widow after being married for 18 years and is currently a widow. Let's just say that her husband has been deceased for about two, three years. And she says that she cannot be a girlfriend because she doesn't have it in her. And the reason being, because when she loves, she loves hard. You hear me, tasters? She loves hard. And she loves so hard that when she does think about getting out there in the dating game, she has to worry herself about being used. And that was like a head scratcher for me. But I listened. I listened. I, I wanted to hear the whole post in its entirety before I judge because I had a lot to say just in that moment. She loves so hard that she's afraid and, you know, has to be careful about who she loves next if she chooses to love at all because she's worried about being used. And then she re um did a rewind and she spoke about her marriage. Now, this is a woman who says that she loved hard and then she got real with us. She told some truth. The person who was interviewing her, because it was an interview, asked this older woman, if you could go back in your marriage and do anything over, what would you do? What would you fix? Would you change anything? And she answered immediately. She said, what I would do is undo his inconsistencies. And she said, excuse me, Texas, and I quote, I thought that saying I do would fix all of his don'ts. You hear that? 18 years of marriage, inconsistencies, and she got married because she assumed that a ring would fix his inconsistencies. She said that I felt like I do would fix all of his don'ts. Tasters, we got a lot to unpack here. Yes, your girl Stella Belafonte had a problem with it. I had a problem with all of it. First and foremost, I have a problem with the term loving hard. Because I always felt in my mind, and I don't know if a man told me this or it was just something that after I got out of my toxicity, you know, with loving hard, because I've been there. Or not even loving hard. I was always a very emotional person when it came to my relationships. But I don't think I loved so hard. Like I was never the... When I think of loving hard, I think of a woman just carrying all the weight of the relationship. Like being the relationship mule or donkey or, or workhorse. And I've never been that way. So I can't necessarily say that I've ever loved hard. I'm never going to carry a man. But I have carried a lot of emotion over a man. So... Like I said, I'm going to talk about why I had an issue Well, with that term. It actually sounds crazy. And men will tell you, I have heard men say this. When a woman says, I love hard, they stay away. 
And generally, well, especially nowadays, the only men that stick around for women that make this claim that they love hard are men that are looking to use you. Like I said, turn you into a workhorse for love, a donkey for love, a mule for love. You are going to be carrying so much weight in that relationship and it's going to be such a burden. And you had to hear her when she said it. It was like they had interviewed a you know, back in the days, they had a, a writer's project. I don't know if you all know about this, where they had interviewers going around interviewing some of the last plantation slaves that were still living in the early 20th century. And she sounded like she could have been on a plantation with one of these people. I kid you not. It's like when she said, I love, when I love, I love hard she didn't even sound like a, a, a beautiful black woman anymore. Like I said, she sounded like 18 years a slave. And, you know, I don't want to be used. And I wondered about that. See, when she mentioned that she's afraid to be used, it's like and the question would be, be used by whom? Because I would think that in an 18-year marriage that you would have learned what good is, I would hope so. What would make you stay married to a man for 18 years? Be Again, be used by whom? What was happening within your marriage or around you that you feel like you could be used? And I had to look at it and say, well, maybe it's because I have seen situations where women were married for so long and they got used to the same routine with a man within a marriage for years that when they did get divorced or, you know, widowed, uh, however the marriage ended, they really didn't know how to navigate this dating world. So I can understand that, but I don't know. It's something about the way she said, I have to worry about being used. That made me feel like there was a lot of using of her going on within her marriage. And then she said, I thought that I do would undo his inconsistencies. See that now we going back to this woman loving hard thing again. What inconsistencies? Because I feel like the 18 years of marriage inconsistent as far as what? Isn't that like the line of life now when women talk about love and marriage and dating? What's the top priority for you in a marriage? What's your, pro your, your number one? What, what is the, the deal breaker? If there's no consistency, there has to be consistency. So what are the inconsistencies? Was he coming home sometimes and staying out most times? Was he cheating on you and promising that he wouldn't do it anymore and then going back to do it again? Because isn't that the definition of inconsistency, like doing something sometimes and then when a person gets used to that method of that routine, you switch up. So then there's no telling what you're going to do next, therefore becoming inconsistent. That really fucked with me when she said that 18 years of inconsistency. So. You love hard, you're worried about being used, and you thought that I do with fix his don'ts. So outside of inconsistency, she talked about his don'ts. I wish to God that she had gotten deeper into that. But tasters, I can only imagine. And I came up with my own theory. I feel like this poor woman had a combo of pick me, 
we all know what a pick me is. If you don't look it up, Google it because I'm not going to go back over it. I did a pick me episode and Miss Sophia syndrome. If you haven't, you need to go back and listen to my tasty topic on Miss Sophia syndrome. That all oh, my life I had to fight. You shouldn't feel like you're fighting within your relationship. And it is so much of that going on around me, Tasters. I know you've seen it. Just in this week alone, it's like all the, the, the mules, all of the relationship donkeys have just had a gathering at the barnyard because their backs are broken. I don't know if you all heard, but so-called relationship coach, expert, Derek Jackson, um, he has fallen down. Uh, falling out of his marital bed. It's over between him and his wife, Denea Jackson. This is just two weeks after uh, Denea Jackson publicly went online wishing death and destruction to everyone who spoke against her and her um, God-forsaken marriage to this man. Um, it's over. He is publicly dating other women and uh, divorcing her. And this is after, again, she publicly declared death on anyone who spoke against her marriage and also made a pact when it was first exposed, his cheating was exposed. She said that they were going to stay together. She even started offering um, classes. Can you imagine a woman in a marriage where a man is cheating, offering classes to other women? Basically on how to remain faithful and loving to a cheating husband. I couldn't believe what the fuck I was hearing. Yeah, that's what the wife of relationship, ooh, fine ass, sexy ass relationship expert slash life coach or whatever, Derek Jackson's wife. That's what she was giving. She was um, teaching relationship classes. Um, she has her own ministry. Yeah, I don't, I don't need women who wish death on me ministering to me about anything because I don't feel like this that's real Christian like but she was another one that loved hard yeah these hard loving women all labor you know the sad part with their marriage their shit was so rough that for a long time because I used to be a Derek Jackson follower I'll admit it when um relationship coaches were well, black men being relationship coaches when it wasn't even a thing when he was like one of the few Besides the asshole that I dated in my summer of shame, I used to follow him. I thought he had so many good things to say with his big, strong, fine ass. And for a very long time, I assumed, and so did most of us, that Derrick Jackson was a single man. Um, He sold himself as single. I don't think he ever said the words, but he definitely never mentioned being married. And it just came out about two years ago that he was married. He had been hiding a wife and children. And honestly, if I go back, I think I stopped following Derek Jackson because I remember him popping out with a baby out of wedlock. I'm not stupid. So he's already definitely had a baby on this wife of his. And now he's being exposed for cheating. Oh, the new girlfriend is online taunting him. I mean, taunting her, taunting Denea Jackson. Don't be mad because he chose me. A six foot tall glammed up glossy beauty is taunting this man's wife and you know what this wife they um you know she called herself I think like a prayer warrior for their marriage again loving hard I don't think so I, I can't if this is what loving hard entails I want to love soft 
I need to be handled softly, sweetly, kindly. And when things do get rough for me in my relationship, be it my marriage or with my Batman or any man for that matter, I'm not loving hard. Like I said, I refuse to be a donkey for love. I'm not going to be a workhorse for love. What about Good Morning America anchor TJ Daddy Long Stroke Holmes, another one with his fine ass, like a fine ass light skin. And that ain't even my speed, but I couldn't deny the fact that the man was cute. I remember when I first noticed him about two years ago, I was like, all right, good morning, America. Hiring an anchor with some looks about him and some spark and some spunk. A little light skin, slim thing, nice little silky hair, light eyes. Well, anyway, this man is twice married and within his second marriage, apparently he's been swinging his dick all through, um, GMA production has had a relationship. I mean, screwing, I think his wives, friends, friends of friends. It's just this terrible and disgusting. And the reason why I brought up TJ Holmes within this tasty topic, he was another one that had posted some sort of letter, like a love letter to his wife. For being so strong. And he seen mention that two tasters. Like within his, you know, his indiscretions towards her. That she with her black woman wisdom and her black girl magic knew to stay and hold them down. And just be there for him because of her strong black girl magic. Like I said, I, I don't want that kind of, I don't want to be known for that sort of strength. I want to always be known for having the strength and the wisdom to leave when it ain't right. When men are being inconsistent and cheating and hurting me and making me look like Miss Sophia out here. I, I, that's what the, the strength I want to be known for. But not just laying down and taking it as some man mistreats me and breaks my heart and publicly embarrasses me. Even if it's in private. I'm not going to take private embarrassment either because I feel like private embarrassment is what will end you up um, in the grave early. I feel like that's how, you know, they said black women, women we have a, a long history with like depression and heart disease. I feel like men mistreating you when you love hard. It'll break your heart to the point where your shit might explode. Heart failure, heart attack, all of that. And um, I got some advice for all of my tasters, especially my young tasters. When I say young, anybody under 50 years old, stop listening to these old hoes. That's what made me start this episode with hmm, how you get them is how you lose them. That is something that I am convinced that bitter women tell themselves to feel better about either being cheated on and accepting it or when their men leave them for another woman instead of moving on past it. And getting your own self together. You're sitting around like this woman that my cousin shared to me in the IG story. Talking about how you love hard. And you can never love again. Because of what you've been through. Because you ain't got it in you to be a girlfriend. All you know how to be is a wife. Don't listen to old women. Who can only tell you what it is to be a miserable unhappy wife. And let me tell you something. There is no glory and no prize 
in being with a man until death because that's what a lot of older women take pride in the ones that don't divorce and they are mistreated they'll look you in your face and say yeah well me look let's call him mr charlie because i actually knew an old woman who had a mr charlie situation that was a man's name she was with an uh older man and um she was with mr charlie until the day he died and they were never happy they were these yelling, screaming old couples where they were known in the neighborhood for yelling and screaming at each other and fighting with each other and all this other shit. And it's like, come on, like, that's not love. You ever seen um, that couple on In Living Color? How many of my tasters used to watch In Living Color? I think it was, was it Mr. and Mrs. Jenkins? Do you remember it was the old couple it was Dave and Alan Greer? And Kim Wayans played this old gray couple who used to be in the house fighting with each other. I'm talking about literally trying to kill each other, throwing chairs at each other and trying to strangle each other. That's what they would show on In Living Color and, and, and calling each other names. And then when anybody would walk in on them while they were arguing, they would look in the camera and go, and we still together. Tasters, I don't want that. And you shouldn't want that either. Like I said, don't listen to old hoes. Beware of that look. It, it's like women like this come with a look like they ready for war. Like when they open their mouths to talk about their relationships, beware of women and taking advice from women. And when they talk about their relationship, it sounds like they were talking about, um, being in the trenches in World War II of Vietnam. Like I said, if that tone changes to, oh, my life, I had to fight. Don't listen to women like that. Please, please don't. Because women like that will give you some of the worst advice. They'll tell you shit like it's cheaper to keep her. When the man is cheating on you, like, girl, please, don't you better hold your corner and know your place because um, how you get them is how you lose them. And you know what? That's not altogether true. How many of you tasters have witnessed that, that every time a man cheats on his woman that he loses or that woman loses him to the same type of cheating? That's not altogether true. Hmm. Let's talk to Alicia Keys and Swiss Beats to see how true it is. You know, I've seen and known about situations with people in my circle that got with each other through cheating and stayed with the partner that they're cheating with or that they were cheating with until um, the end of days. So that's not always true. But even if it is, that's not something that you should be leaning on. I'm not going to allow some man to be fucking on me or publicly embarrassing me with other women or one particular woman because I'm sitting around waiting for that woman to lose him the way I lost him. That's never going to happen. Like I said, just beware of these old women or these older women with these war stories. Your relationship should, again, not sound like it was a battle. You shouldn't be taking advice from women that uh, beat your ass and, and then make you a peach cobbler afterwards. And that's what a lot of these older women's relationships were like. They'll tell you like, oh, me and my husband, we would fight every day. And we did a lot of fighting, but it was a whole lot of loving, a whole lot of baby making in between. That's not good. It's really bad shit. Um, And you know, I'm a good times fan. Yes, my old ass is going to 
bring up an episode of Good Times for all of my Tasters who are Good Times fans. Do you all remember an episode where Florida, the woman, you know, the mother of the house was going through it with her husband, James, and James was a pretty decent man, but she was just tired of him. You know, James was an alpha. He was kind of always angry and yelling and screaming and shit, and she had went to a woman's meeting within her building. Shout out to those um, women's meetings from back in the days. We need to bring those back where you could all just sit and talk about your problems, let it all hang out. And there was a woman in the group, Helen Martin, the actress, she played Wanda, a character on Good Times. Everybody remembers her as Pearl Shea from 227. So anyway, Pearl Shea from 227 played a character on Good Times who was admittedly being physically abused by her husband. And that was so wild to me, you know, even for the 70s, like that, that's some shit they wouldn't even have on TV now. And it was comedy. And she was sitting there with the women's group and they were talking about getting beat on. And one of the ladies in the group told Wanda, they was like, you need to get out of that bag. She was like, if my husband didn't beat me on Saturday, I wouldn't know the next day was Sunday. See, what kind of shit is that? And when looking back, Helen Martin, let's just say if that was her actual life, let's just give or take. That woman was born, I think, in the early 1900s or 1920s. So, yeah, don't take advice from women <laughs> in relationships. I'm sorry. I am going to be ages right now. I feel like most women born before 1965 just don't have good things when it comes to men. I mean, I guess, like, even when you go back and look at, can any of my tastes remember when Ozzie Davis and Ruby D, the actors, were together? They had a very long marriage, too, and they was old as fuck. They was one of those couples born in the early 1900s together. And the rumor is that they had an open marriage, but it was only open on Ozzie's part. Like, what the fuck is that? But Ruby loved hard. And hun Ozzie Davis stayed together. While he stayed within his openness and his, his marriage. As a matter of fact, I actually read about that. Not, their marriage was open, but Ruby D <laughs> chose not to participate in the open portion of their marriage. She, she was faithful to a man that fucked on her. Can't make this shit up, but I know what I would never accept. So anyway, that's what brought us to the table today. I'm not loving hard, and neither should you. To all my beautiful women, all of my tasters under 60 years old, what I said under 50, damn it, under 100 years old, don't love hard. Don't take advice from women that when they talk about their relationships, it sounds like they're reading their own eulogy at a funeral. It shouldn't start with, well, you know, me and my man, we've been through a lot of ups and downs, a lot of downs, but we still together. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it. And I do want to send um, strength and prayer to all of the black women. And I keep it black because I'm a black woman and I'm not ashamed to say that to all of my black women, especially of late, who are being publicly humiliated like these black women within Hollywood and music and media social media who are being publicly humiliated by their men and who are making the conscious choice to leave because apparently um TJ Holmes wife has already left him 
uh, Nia Long, even though she is not married to her baby daddy, she was publicly humiliated. Again, she admitted that this humiliation hurts her because it's so public. If I'm not mistaken, I think it was announced that she is out of here. And again, to Denea Jackson, people can say what they want about her. You know, she's falling apart. She's And you know what? She does act like somebody who's having a nervous breakdown. And I'm going to give that advice to tasters. Don't let men get you to a breaking point where people assume that you are crazy and having some sort of nervous breakdown because of all the pain and embarrassment that a man is brought to you. It's not worth it. It's not worth your looks. It's not worth your youth. It's not worth your heart. Because like I told you, I really feel like having heartache can bring a heart attack. And speaking of hearts, here, I'm going to end this with a, I know you fucking lying. So anyway, years ago, when I was um, natural, I had natural hair for a while. I had natural hair for so long that I used to get compliments on it. Let me do a little bragging. My natural hair had grown out so, and I did a big chop. I had had my hair chopped down, and it took about a year to grow out. My hair was so big and thick that I used to get stared at. I would go to the salon, and when I took my scarf off and they would wash and blow my hair out, it would be like, oh my God, that's all your hair. I remember one day I was standing in the salon not too far from me. And after they blew it out, I was getting a weave. That's when everybody was getting like full head weaves because I think I was going away. I think I was going to New Orleans for the weekend for some reason or whatever. And I wanted to look cute. And I remember this young girl, she was a little girl. She was like, oh, that hair, you going to get weave? And I laughed. So anyway... When I was natural, I would go and get my hair washed once a week by some African sisters downtown Brooklyn. Shout out to my African sisters because um, they could tackle this head. My, You know, I've got 4C here. I Look, I got Florida Evans here, but my hair was Florida Evans and big. Like, yeah, like my hair could not hold the curl. If I put a little activator moisturizer in my hair, it would be curly for about three hours. And then next thing you know, I had the biggest afro ever. <laughs> so um, anyway, like I said, I would go downtown Brooklyn and get my hair washed. And sometimes I would get it cornrowed to the back just as a pr protective style. And I would just wear my scarf because I was a construction worker at the time. So I was always in a hard hat. And then on the weekends, if I went out, I would throw a wig on, pretty low, sexy. They used to call them gildas. That's what my gay boys taught me. I would throw on a sexy gilda. So anyway, like I said, I would go get my hair washed, conditioned, treated, braided, ends trimmed, or whatever by these African sisters downtown Brooklyn once a week. So one day... This is my, I know you fucking lying. I guess my mood was written all over my face. Look, my, oh Lord, I'm going through it with my man. And it was one of those situations. I was going through something with whoever my boyfriend was at the time where I wasn't myself. She was used to me being more jovial, you know, more jolly person, you know, more talkative, of course. And I didn't have very much to say. And I think every time I did open my mouth to speak, tears would come to my eyes. Like whatever I was going through with this man, whoever he was at the time, I couldn't talk without crying. So she looked at me. She was parting my hand. She said, sister, sister, you sad. She said, you sad over a man. And I was like, yes. She said, this is what you do. She said, you go and you get a fish. You get a big fish 
she started talking to me about a fish and I'm just listening like, okay. So I don't know where I was supposed to get this big fish from. She didn't say go to the fish market and buy a fish. She said, get a fish. So I guess I was supposed to be, you know, maybe going to the river and just swatting fish for myself, you know, catching them in the net. But she said, go get a big fish and you chop the fish. And she said, you get a big pot. And you get everything. She said, you get your onion, your tomato, you get everything. She said, you chop the fish and you boil the fish. She said, you cut the head, you clean the fish, but you put all your seasonings in the pot. And she said, when you cook the fish, you make sure you don't throw away the heart. That's what she said. Don't throw away the heart. You make sure you boil the heart. And you let the heart cook. And when you give him the fish, you make it, you give him with the rice or the bread. You make sure you give him the heart. So that was her advice. She said, you give him the heart and you'll be off. You'll be good. You'll be fine, sister. You'll be happy again. So that's what this beautiful African sister advised me. That by boiling a fish's heart and serving it, to the man who was hurting my heart with rice that we would be happy again. So I guess that's the real story of when a woman loves hard. When a woman loves hard, she serves her man boiled fish hearts. (laughs) Stay happy. Stay soft. Don't love too hard. And I'll see you or talk to you on the next one, tasters. Bye.